0: hear the show calling for my demons to let me go I need something, you need something wonderful oh and I believe she won't take me somewhere I ain't supposed to be Can't steal the things that God has given me. No more pain, no more shame and misery. You can't take me down. You can't break me down.
1: You can't take me down. Welcome to the show. It is now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Porch Talk, and um, it's good to be literally on a porch. I'm with uh, my friend James White here in uh, Vernon, Alabama, and
2: we're on the front porch. Can you call it a porch if there's no elevation to it? It's more like a patio. That's a good question. You know, I was kind of wondering that too. It's
1: like what? what
2: we're outside
1: around front, and we'll call
2: it. A probably patio i would call it a front porch because you don't call it a front patio Mm -mm. but there's no there's no rails around it there's no elevation to it and it comes naturally off of the concrete slab of the house so i would say it's a patio but it's a front porch so it's a front patio porch maybe this is front patio porch talk (laughs) (laughs) i'm
1: good with it yeah um we got the heater blowing between us. Sun is going down, and it is getting cold.
2: By cold, he means like fifty-nine degrees, because he's an old man. But that's right. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, what's been good? Man, everything's good. Um, I don't know if anybody that listens to your podcast even knows who I am, but uh, yeah, let's
1: get a little introduction going here. So, um, I'll tell what I know. James married my cousin, Sarah. They just had a uh, a daughter, Lottie Claire. And uh, so he's just beginning the dad life chapter.
2: Yeah, that's um, the most informal way of explaining who I am. Um, And he also pastors here at Lighthouse Community Church. Um, And the most exciting thing about me is that I'm a postal worker, right? That's the most exciting thing about me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, really, though, you know, that's how life is. As we were talking about, we actually ate dinner a minute ago and, you know, asked, you know, how dad life going. And it's our first child, so I'm still getting used to all of that. Changing diapers and waking up in the middle of the night and all of that. I know nothing about that life until about six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's good. It's fun. It's interesting. And it's rewarding in all of the same ways. So, exciting nonetheless.
1: i want to ask you this. I don't have a child. So... Those first six weeks, and I bet it'll continue on into the months and years especially. What's some of the biggest lessons that you've gotten so far from this
2: endeavor? I would say it would have to be that husbands take care of your wives because it's easy to allow your wife to do everything, uh, to wake up doing every feed, to change every diaper, um, to be the one that doesn't get any sleep and all of that. But really... Uh, appreciation for what she does as a mother but also just a need for me to step up and help her in a lot of ways. So, that's what I've learned.
1: So far, be a team player.
2: It's, yeah, let's put, it, let's put it to that. Happy wife, happy life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not-so-tired wife makes an easy wife to deal with, right? Um, I got you. No, you don't do it out of your selfishness, of course, but you do it out of her goodness. Um, but it's good. I mean, I... You know, people ask me how it is to be a father and how it feels, and if you don't have a one, it's hard for me to explain it to anybody. And so every time somebody asks and they don't have a kid, I'm like, dude, I can't tell you. Yeah. Like, I can't. Like, yeah. cause it's like to me, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, to others when, others that have parents, kids already, I'm like, you have a kid. You know um, what it's that's, like. That's what it's like. Because uh, <laughs> it's hard, it's difficult, uh, but it's also an amazing thing nonetheless. And so the way I like to explain it is that, you know, when you meet your spouse, if it be a, a, a female or male, depending on what your gender is, you know, you learn to love that individual. You right. fight to learn them. You, uh, you decide to love them each and every day. And I'm not saying you don't have to do that with your child, but as soon as the child comes into the world, you already love that thing. Yeah, um, It's not something you're learning to do. It's something that comes natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the big difference. That's what's hard for me to explain to people. And so I asked that to set this up. So
1: God, throughout Scripture, likes being referred to as God the Father. And so how does having a child now kind of help relate that to how God sees humanity uh,
2: in that regard? You, It does help in some regards, but it also makes you even more dumbfounded by the way God loves. Because, and I was just... I don't remember how I was talking to about this the other day, but you know, what we do see in scripture is that, um, you know, you have the Trinity, God, the father, the son, the Holy spirit. Um, then you got where it says that God sent his only begotten son into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Christ. Yeah. And though they're one being, but different forms, there is this nature of father and son. And we see where it says the father sent his son into the world. And as a Father, now I understand that less than I did before, how he would be willing to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because And it makes you appreciate the love he has for you more and understanding that he would send his son into the world to die for us. And so, because there's no way, I mean, I'm sitting across from you now, and if I had to choose between your life and Lottie's life, there's no way I'm picking you. Right. And I don't think you would expect me to. Oh, yeah, no way. Um, Um, And so, like, I don't, for that aspect... It causes you to be in wonder or in awe of what God has chosen to do in sending his son into the world because I don't understand that because I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of like it amazes you at the same time as it just kind of it's hard to understand, but it's hard to understand because that's how much he loves us. Right.
0: first one in line to die When the cavalry comes It feels like the great divide Has already come Yeah, I'm wasting my way through days Losing you for long God is on my side Who can be against me It was a greediness I felt for a while Somehow it changed Some kind of blindness I used to protect me From all of my shame Yeah, I wish this was vertigo. It just feels like I'm falling slow. Yeah, if God is on my side, who can be against me. Yeah, in this wasteland where I'm The door filled with light And it's all that I need to get by In this wasteland Where I'm living There is a crack in the door Filled with light And it's all that I need People I meet it seems like they're fine. Yeah, some ways I hope they're not and their hearts are like mine. Yeah, it's wrong when it feels like work and to belong all I feel is hurt Oh God is on my side who could be against me In this wasteland where I'm living there is a crack in the door filled with light and it's all that I need to get by In this wasteland where I'm living There is a crack in the door filled with light And it's so that I need to get by
1: All right, hey, that was... Wasteland by Need to Breathe. The opening song was a piece of love and hate by Michael Kuliwanga. We're going back into the show, still introducing James, uh, since we're kind of using pieces of him to tell the story of the show. So here we go. Yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention that James is—he um, was a big part of Porch Talk coming to existence. He was the guy that really showed me the ropes on podcasting, and so it is a special episode to be able to have him sit in with me. On this
2: one. We actually recorded one in the very beginning. Yeah. And I think I vetoed that one because I didn't like it. Yeah, it was a dumpster fire. Dude, it was terrible. (laughs) Um, But it was warmer then, so that part was nice. Yeah. And we were sitting on this front patio porch. Porch. Yeah. Yeah. So it works. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) So my back patio, which I call a back patio rather than a back porch, is actually elevated. So I think we might could actually call it a porch. Yeah. So if I ever get back on here again, we'll have to record it on My the back. back, and it'll be summertime by then. So it'd be shaded, so it'd be even nicer. And there's plugs back there, so
1: there you go. Everything that I need. That's right, right there. With um, just between me and you, like in because uh, I know we use different software and different hardware. Do you have to be online and record? Do you have to have internet?
2: Uh, in the sense that I record with people that don't live here. I do. So, one of the, my co-hosts lives in Louisiana. Yeah. It's about an hour from New Orleans. And another one lives in Calera, Alabama, which is, um, for anybody that's not from Alabama, it's um, Birmingham area. the Birmingham metro area. And then another guy is another co-host. He lives here in Vernon with me. Mm-hmm. And so, he comes to the house and records. So, the times that me and the hymns are recorded, just he and I, no, I don't have to have online. But because I record with people through... YouTube Live, I have to have online to record with him, which makes it tricky at times.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried like YouTube Live or doing um, FaceTime or
2: even. Well, dude, they have one that you should you should if you ever had good internet, you should invest in, and it's free, so it's not a hard investment. Yeah, it's called. Yep, that's what it's called. There you uh, go. I'll tell you what it's called. It's on my phone, but <laughs> essentially, what it is, it's a program. That you run off of your internet browser, and what you do is it allows you to provide your listeners with a one eight hundred number where I mean not your listeners but your uh, the person you're interviewing yeah. with a one eight hundred number, and they call in, and their audio is running through your computer computer, so it's going through your system and recording equal with your voice. Wow! So it's pretty cool. It's called called i don't have it on my phone anymore there you go um,
1: that's the second time it's been named incorrectly but i will
2: uh, <laughs> i will look it up and tell you but it's really helpful like uh i've had different people so like with my podcast it's kind of just evolved over a year and by the way years. we haven't
1: told you the name of it guys it's everyday ministry podcast
2: yeah and so so it's an it's a podcast where. Um, I don't want to scare people off because it seems like it's talking about a bunch of people that are in ministry, as in a pastor, youth pastor, worship leader, whatever the case may be. Talking about yeah, talking about stuff, but it really comes from the basic understanding of Ephesians four twelve, which is essentially talking about that the work of the saint, the the work of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. That my job as a pastor is to develop the believers, to develop Christians or the people of the way to be able to go out and do as Scripture has called them to. And so that's the goal with the podcast. So like right now, uh, we have a guy that's a volunteer elder at his church that's on there, Mm -hmm. a youth pastor, myself, which is a senior pastor, and then just a a guy that's a church member. And so we interview it in all sides of things. We look at different aspects of, you know, what it means to do ministry and everyday life. like What it looks like at the post office. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like I work at the post office. One guy works at a lumber yard the other guy um, works for a I think it's like a marketing agency that mainly deals with dog food um, <laughs> I forget the actual name for it and he does other stuff man you should check him out he uh, he has uh, his own uh, design company where he makes t-shirts and stuff but he also I makes actually posters a t-shirt, yeah. but he also makes posters and he makes posters for gigs so have you ever heard of John Paul White?
1: Yeah, he's the four-time Grammy winner. He used to play with Civil Wars. Uh,
2: Yeah, so in New Orleans they did a show, and that venue reached out to him to make the flyer for the show. And when he made the flyer for the show, he just won an award for it in the district of – in the area of Louisiana of of some big firm that's a regional thing. Yeah. And I think he's going to be put in for like a national award through it all. I'm not sure how all of it works, but he he won it, and it's pretty cool. Let me pull it up. I think you'll like the design. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just right. revamped my logo and been revamping everything Dude, for my podcast. Dude, logo,
2: sweet by the way. Appreciate that. Um, That's Levi, man. Levi
1: mocked that up. Doop, doop. Side note: James shows Alan the poster. Oh, that is awesome. That Dude, is dope. Look at some of the stuff he does. Wow,
2: this guy's good. One of the most recent ones he's been working on, which is I thought was pretty cool. I guess he knows these folks somehow, but he tra- I think he traveled with them as they were playing somewhere in Memphis the other week. And he kind of, it's really cool because he'll even show you the process. Like he puts these, he put these short videos out of how he makes them.
1: Okay, yeah. I guess that's the August Gun music.
2: I guess so. I would assume that that's their music behind their poster. Poster. i never heard of them. I hadn't either.
0: Sleep all day, poor go night. This podcast does a lot of
1: things that require you the actual seeing of what we're talking about in hopes that it'll piss you off, I guess. Maybe James will send me some links so I can show you some of this artwork. Uh, back to the show.
2: Do this peacock here, let me see if I can find that thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's pretty talented, man. um, Oh, yeah, he's extremely talented. Look at that. And if you're just curious, if you're listening, it's Chris Norsworthy Art is where you can find this stuff. Um, He does some amazing stuff, man. uh, I've known him for, I guess, a little over a year now. How'd you meet? Facebook, out of all places. uh, We're in a similar Facebook group, and of theology and things of the such and i really met on there and then i interviewed him on my podcast on uh when i did an episode on elders because i really wanted to talk about like a a lay elder in a church yeah and um ever since then i interviewed him on that podcast and uh we got to talking and uh, really desired for him to be on the podcast with me and he agreed to and so it's been good ever since but he also one way we met was he does t-shirts like i said and yeah uh, he does stickers and things of the such and i've ordered a few things from him I need to wear some more from him, but I've been kind of broke with, you know, this new child that we were talking about earlier. Right. So It happens? Yeah, no, no Di- doubt. Diapers are uh, extremely inexpensive nowadays, Well, right? we haven't had to worry about diapers much uh, because we had some very loving people in our life that gave us diapers from pretty much every size you can think of. So we had newborn diapers. We got ones. We got twos to whatever size they go to. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'll figure that out whenever she gets a little bigger, I guess. Yeah. My wife already knows, so I have a, an amazing wife that knows stuff about this. I just learned it on the fly.
1: Yeah, just, uh, that's what we need? Cool. I'll go get it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Getting back on topic, James's podcast, Everyday Ministries.
2: Yeah, what I was saying before we got off on the whole Chris Nordenworthy yeah. art, um, so it's kind of progressed over the year. It really began with me and two other guys. They, those two guys were in youth ministry. Um, and due to some life life events, one of the guys had to step away. Um, and the other guy, he's still a part of it, but he's been part of it. And he's a co-host, but he had a little more difficulty in the front end uh-huh. to really commit. So I got to do a lot of interviews with people. And that's where that app I was telling you about came in real handy because I've interviewed people from um, Wisconsin to Montgomery, Alabama to chicago to different places that i've just had the joy to meet and, and i use that out for a few of the people because they the only thing they could do is call in for 30 minutes and talk to me on their phone and right. and i didn't want to be like you know some people's podcast where they hold the phone up to the mic i'm not pulling out any podcast that might dude would do something like that
1: that happens on Porch
2: top. I know, that's the podcast I'm <laughs> referencing. <laughs> I know. I
1: was well, like, hey, if it works, it works. But where you
2: live, though, man, the internet's kind of it's high and dry. I mean, it keeps you high and dry because... It's really weird, too. I don't even too. know if it'll get you high. <laughs> it ain't doing much or nothing out there. Yeah, dude. And, you got, and you're in that little valley, so you barely get any cell phone service no, out there. No, and we got a
1: tin roof on the house, dude. <laughs> and so, like, doing phone line interviews is almost like I have to go to someone else's house. Though. Or
2: you have to actually pull out the phone line and hook up and call. Yeah. and that's then like, that's, no, that's what not what good thing. What speakerphone is working with that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, that's... um. It's been a challenge,
1: man. I mean, that's just some of the things on podcasts and... The, just going in, cause man, I had, like you said, it'd be great to be able to sit down face to face with a person mm-hmm. and do the interview like that, or have a round table all the time. But I mean, a lot. Of the, it's life, man. Yeah, I you can't uh, be in the same place or.
2: Well, that was that's what was really weird. Was so when I started mine, we started it like a month and a half after all three of us we lived in the same city, yeah. And then a month and a half later, we start this podcast where we all lived in different cities. Why we didn't start it before when we actually lived near each other? Yeah. I don't know, but there is something nice about recording front, you know, face to face with someone, and that's what I like about the way you do yours. Is because you are doing that, and it you know people may not realize it, but it takes a lot of uh, time and equity out of you because you have to travel and pay for gas and go yeah. to these places yeah, and meet these people.
1: I've, I've shot three episodes at my house, you know, not counting the phone line ones. Yeah, but exactly
2: or even like this one I mean obviously you're not too far from your house because yeah. you live in Millport I live in Vernon it's only about a 15 mile Kennedy, difference man, don't be getting me mixed up oh uh, man style, you man. barely got a Kennedy address I know where you live <laughs> I used to deliver your mail man but you know it ain't but about a 15 minute drive right. but still you drove here to record this podcast Yeah. and so I, I guess I could have bought you dinner earlier but I'm cheap so yeah, I did decided you. not to uh-huh. well I was a guest on your podcast so you technically should have bought my dinner right
1: However you want to work it. So I think uh, we just gave each other a pass. Exactly. That's so, exactly I mean, if what we, we did. we go out to eat again, we'll just split it again the way we did, and it'll just be...
2: It'll be even. It'll be even. Yeah, exactly. Or next time you buy mine, and I'll buy yours, and we get the same thing. There you go. Or uh, you know, We'll
1: go to McDonald's, and you can have anything you want off the dollar menu.
2: Anything? So like one item or like ten items? Up to three. Up to three. All right, so, you know, the dollar menu is really not a dollar menu. One to three. One so to three it's dollars. like a, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a dollar <laughs> fifty menu, really. Yeah. Isn't it? I had $8 ain't McDonald's in forever. I've been, like, this whole calorie-watching thing, running, trying to be healthy. When did uh, that start? End of December. But I've lost, like, 20 pounds. Can't look at it because I was already fat before, but, you know, it is what it is. Great, man. I've been meaning to
1: do some... uh some more fitness stuff, and that's the thing about like going down the relentless. I'm thinking like if I just hang out with those guys enough, see, like I'll get in shape see, vicariously
2: to, through them. See, I would love to eventually do <laughs> jujitsu or how they you got it going that? on there. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I'm way too fat to even start even thinking about something. No, like man, Dude, I know, I know, I'm not, but I know I was. I there was, was
1: there's one cat. Uh, his story's on their page. He weighed like 350 going in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a big guy, and um. He's still a big guy, but he's lost a lot of weight, and he's a lot more flexible. and He can get down,
2: he can roll. Yeah, I've, I mean, I know plenty of people that talk about how, you know, even larger they learned how to do it. But I was just like, and I know it's a part of the process of it, but I just don't want to be that guy looking that out of shape in that gym. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, actually, one of the interviews I think you did with somebody was talking about Jim gym in Amory,
1: right? Yeah, I think that was with Landon. Landon maybe he I think it trained was there and he yeah. said that
2: gym's still there and I think I know where it's at and I thought about trying to see if it's still there because I yeah. work in Amory and so I'm there every day of the week so I thought about may as well yeah. uh, trying that one out eventually but then I had a child so I don't know yeah that got shut down real quick uh, didn't
1: it
2: well I'd like to still do it at some point but it don't matter where I do it then because I'm going to come home and watch the kid for four hours every day so um, I, I could do it in Columbus I guess <music> We even meet Keith Martin It was a uh, what did we meet you through Keith I think you had reached out uh, did look, I reach look out at, to Keith or did I reach out to Andrew it was one of the two it was probably both well we both. so I, I knew of you through Keith and Andrew but I'm yeah. not sure so you led worship for me a few times I think I may have reached out to Keith
1: because he was the one that put the bug in my ear he was It like, yeah you know you know James why and I was like no I don't guess. He's like, okay. Well, uh, he and Andrew has worked together in the past, and Andrew's not doing
2: it anymore, and James needs somebody. Yeah, I think that's kind. Of, I think that's how it went down. Yeah, pretty much. If I remember right, or something like that. I think I may have talked with him before he put the bug in your ear. I'm not even sure. Yeah. He may have done it before I talked to him about it. What it was was I had, you know, I had a worship pastor at the church. He was there for about a year and then he moved to jackson mississippi and uh, after that we were looking for somebody which we're still looking for somebody if anybody out there's a worship pastor and they just needed a church to worship lead worship at but anyway and so that's kind of how it all fell in in our know, laps and then we first time we met i guess you know you saw i had a red beard i saw you had a red beard and then we're like there you go it's uh, on. best friends forever you know we're gonna put two uh Bunk beds together, so there's more room to play in the, you know, in the house. That's know, right. Stepbrothers or something, you know. It really was. It was like red hair, red beard. <laughs> I'm down the clown Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's only like one percent of us out there in the world, so mm-hmm. whenever you meet one, it doesn't even matter if you like them. You're like, I can hang out with this person because he's been through what I've been through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the south part really set us up for a good one. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. Um, I like to. Never no, mind. I'm not, not going to say So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just say it this way. And you can edit this out if you feel like you need to. But redheads are the true minorities of the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can finally talk about it. i got another redhead on here. And so, like, anybody wants to talk about being a minority here. I mean, I guess we're still white and we're male, so we have uh, so unseen no, privilege. No, it's but not even We're, white. we're not white. Yeah, no, we we like albino almost. Yeah, this is like clear almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like, we can't go in the sun for too long. Mm-mm, no pigment. Uh, Get fried. Terrible. I mean, so like that limits you on what you can can and can't do for hobbies and careers and stuff like that, unless you just want skin cancer or something, I mean. Yeah, and that'll happen to you real quick if you're a ginger. Mark it. Fourth degree burn as a child.
1: Dude, I had a story. Yeah, so I went to the beach. And I was being rebellious as usual, like I was ever a bit of six. And I refused to put sunblock on all day. Oh. Dude, we had been. Was at, that the
2: first day of the trip?
1: Yeah. And the second day, I was being taken home butt naked on pillows. <laughs> and I was
2: red sun. Why were you butt naked? Were you butt naked on the beach? No. But I rode home butt naked. <laughs> so you're telling. No, but you uh, So you're telling me that, like, after you got so sunburnt burnt for being rebellious you also got in trouble so why were you by thinking on the home? it was
1: easier I guess I don't remember I just remember like seeing the picture like looking back on that cause you know pulling out the family album yeah. it's like oh Alan remember this and I was like yeah
2: I always wear sunblock now scarred for life <laughs> so mine was like the first youth trip I won on I was um, man I don't know I guess I would never been to the beach too many times before and man, I, I thought I, you know, I was on this first trip away with no parents there, and, uh, and I didn't wear sunburn at all. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about, took a shower afterwards. I'm talking about, um, it just hurts. The, the hurts, and then even where the the water got underneath the skin, and it was bubbling up, the and water it, blisters. And eventually, it busted, and it was just terrible. I mean,
0: that's just the nature of it. Youth,
2: and that happened day one on the youth trip. Day one or day two now was it was a week oh, trip? oh it was three or four days at least it was miserable I mean and then so this is why my wife the whole time she was pregnant she was like I want our daughter to be redheaded I'm like look no you don't I don't wish it on nobody you, 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 would, you didn't go through this you don't want this to happen no you don't God bless all you gingers <laughs> all two of you out there Yeah. that aren't even listening yeah well there might be one there, there might might be, might be. Maybe
1: if I tag this enough, be like, Gingers, listen.
2: Dude, have you ever been on, like, social media where, like, you have random redheads follow you just because you're redheaded? Has that ever happened to That's you? That's not a thing for me. Is it not? It's not for me either, but I have a friend of mine that does that stupid stuff. That he's redheaded, and he'll follow other people that are redheaded just because they're redheaded. He's kind of weird, though. So. huh.
1: That's we are a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check my following. If I got like a random redheaded guy follow me up, maybe it's him. Maybe it yeah. is. I'm ask him. I'm be like, hey man,
2: you know James White? <laughs> you
1: know James White? <laughs> we all got the same thing going, apparently. Is he overweight too?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Man. Could have
1: invited him over. It could have been. Uh, could have had three gents. This could be like the rarest podcast of all time.
2: It could have been. <laughs> now, what makes it really rare is when you find a redhead that has blue eyes. Yeah, that never happens. See, I got the doo doo brown. <laughs> Same here.
1: I've only met a couple of redheaded people that had the blue eyes, and I'm almost positive those were contacts.
2: Could have been actually. Because I think they were just they front. See, but like. So what's weird is, like, my hair, as I've gotten older, my hair's not as red as it once was. It's almost a brown color now. Even so much so that when people see me and they see my beard, they're like, how'd you end up with a red beard? And I'm like, I have red hair. They're like, really? Yeah. You, you have red hair? Yeah. When you shave it, it looks like like the Chick-fil-A symbol. I mean, it's red. <laughs> but I guess when it grows out, it just isn't. I don't know. I don't get it. Mine, um... Mine during the winter months, it'll get a little darker
1: because I'll, you know, wear uh, toboggans or hats or hoods and keep the sun off of it. But, like, in the summertime, dude, it'll be, like, a bright, well, it's kind of like what it is now. Yeah. Extremely bright, red, like, fire. I don't know. I almost got blind one time. It scared me a little bit. I didn't want to be blonde. Didn't want that for me.
2: No, I didn't. No, mine never got that close. Mine just got, like, redder and redder and redder, like, uh, and it, it stinks Because like As a big Alabama fan I don't like wearing Most of their Alabama shirts Because they're red Yeah I don't like wearing anything I have to buy the red. gray ones too. The gray or the black I mean I have to buy one of those It's not because I care For them to be black or gray It's just like red headed guy Can't wear red Yeah exactly And like even a pink shirt No, I don't have too many I try to wear But like I have one now And I wear it every now and then And I'm like Should I really be wearing this But I just go with it I don't even care yeah. at this point I
1: have a red pair of shoes I got them on no, I don't have them on right now. What
2: kind of red pair of shoes do you have? Adidas. Are those like New Balances? Oh, Adidas. see yeah. Have you ever seen the New Balance ones? The red. They also had some blue suede ones one time.
1: Now, you're talking about the, no, it's Nike that has the Alabama red shoe right now with the Alabama logos mm-hmm. on it. I'm trying to picture this New Balance shoe.
2: They're old, man. It's just straight red? Yeah. They're like a red suede. Or blue suede. I'm sorry. I do remember those. Because they were like. Elvis blue suede shoes, you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah, Elvis? yeah, yeah. And they weren't
1: like regular um, New Balance. They were kind of like a, a van-type style shoe. Yeah, yeah. Flat but bottom. But they still had the
2: end on them and everything. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah I remember those. Yeah, they was, were like the skater I wanna, style. I want to say that I had the blue pair, now that you mention it. Yeah. yeah. Most people had
2: the blue pair. Yeah. Um, and I never went that direction. And I wore a lot of, like, DCs and stuff like that, but I never went suede. Just because I didn't want to deal with that. I also don't, like... I don't see people's desire to have white pair of shoes. I've never understood that. You move one day,
1: because the dad life comes with it, dude. You're gonna get you a white pair of Reebok classics, wearing, or you're gonna get you some white New Balances, listen, and it's gonna be just for yard work. Listen, so that they can go green. I'm wearing. That's what's gonna happen.
2: Black Asics, and that's the closest I'm getting to dad shoes. Okay. And the only reason I have these is because they're black and I can wear them to work, and they I can run in them. That's the only reason I own them. Because until now I hadn't owned a pair of running shoes in like a year, and I've wore a pair of black leather. What are they called? Um, like penny loafers. Yeah, but what's the name brand? Uh, like a Birkenstock or a Sperry? M M. shoe. Anyway, b- black leather pair of shoes I wear seven days a week because I wear them six days to work. One day to church, yeah. Because I have to wear a pair of black shoes to work, and I spent $120 on those no stupid shoes. But I bought a pair before that. I spent $60 on them. Wore them a month, and they wore out on me. And so I said, I'm never gonna buy. I'm gonna buy this name brand again because I wore, I wore this name brand for like four years, and they last. You spend $120 on them, they last like three years. Yeah, Clarks.
1: Don't start with an M at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near it. <laughs>
2: Maybe that crappy name ran was in him, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I As far as shoes, man, I got the... Uh, I like Adidas. Whatever they do. I got Vans on right now. Well, these ain't Vans. These are
2: Chuck Taylors.
1: I got the Converse on.
2: Dude, I have two pair of Chucks I never wear. Bought them both for weddings. One I did, one I was in. And brand new pair of shoes. worn them three times each.
1: I'll take them back.
2: Never wear them. Can't do it. They may last me... 13 years but I'll wear them eventually now see the issue though why I don't wear them is converses I wear like a 13 so boat shoes yeah like clown shoes clown shoes all day long yeah and so and one's navy blue converses because that's what color I had to have for that wedding and the other one I did for uh, I did a wedding for Brian Ferguson from Millport you know Brian I know Brian yeah he plays music over in Columbus yeah he plays several different folks by himself all different things And I did his wedding, and he wanted. He wore black Converse, so I told him I wear black Converse. Black ones, I don't mind wearing as much because they're black and yeah, they fit with about everything. Navy blue, I have to wear that with specific things, you know. Yeah, so. question I have okay is with your podcasting and I podcasting. do you ever get people that just don't understand what podcasts are and so they're like so you do a radio show yeah like all the time yeah I've had a couple of people message
1: me on Facebook or uh, they'll get my number from somebody and text me yeah and they'll be like man I love the radio show it's really cool you're doing radio now okay
2: um yeah well the one that hits me is like old people and so, like, I got to the point where, like, if I talk to somebody the older and they're like, "So, what is it that you do?" I'm like, "It's a radio show. It's like a radio show. Yeah. It's like it's like a radio show, but for cell phones. That's, yeah. that's kind of <laughs> it's like. They don't know what the internet is, so I have to just kind of lay it out there in some way that they would understand."
1: Oh man, this has been a lot of fun. Like with social media, like Instagram and Facebook, with the porch talk page, or any social media that porch talk does, is I put out those. 30 to a minute long videos of, it's just like an update Raptor news yeah. you know I've had like people my parents age like bump into them like at a gas station or you know I'll just see yeah. them out in public and they would be like you know I, I really like Porsche talk uh, I don't get it so it's just like a social media page where you just rant for 30-45 seconds a week excuse me <laughs> it's like the the, po- <laughs> the podcast like it's just those 30-45 those second videos Oh, it'd be much
2: easier that way
1: you know, no. That's just kind of like the promo, and they was like, "I don't get it." Well, let me see your phone. <laughs> you know, I'll pull up a, if it's if it's an iPhone, I'll show them the Apple Podcast app and subscribe to the podcast. But like, here check it out, and then Android, you know, you got download something to listen to it. But I was like, "This." Yeah, that's what this, makes
2: Android so much worse. This
1: man, don't get. It. Let's not go to war right now. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that's one of the things. Is like that's not the actual podcast. That's just like media for the
2: podcast. Yeah, you do much better at keeping like a media page up than us because. So I have a Facebook page and we have a bunch of people that like it, but only everything I ever do with it is like put out new episodes. Yeah. So I don't know how many people even pay attention to it. To be honest,
1: that's kind of my thing is trying to get people to engage the page. Yeah. That that's difficult to do sometimes, so, and then I've had people tell me as I already subscribe to the podcast, I don't need every post that you do to tell me that a new episode is out, and I was like. Well, you're not the only person in the group.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I can see that because a lot <laughs> of people don't subscribe, and they just go in there and they like.
1: Oh, a new episode. New out.
2: episode and download. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah. And a lot of people do RSS feed and things of the such. Yeah. How's the How's the the products coming? The cups and all that. Are you still doing that?
1: Well, I decided to hold off, and so right now with potomatic is. Um, I'm at the maximum storage capacity before I have to go up to a website and like start hosting everything on my own site yeah through I think they do it through Weebly yeah yeah. I decided to wait to that point to where that way if someone wanted to get merchandise it could be you just go to my website you can yeah do it through I can website. do fulfillment and everything right there
2: see that's the difference so I actually do a website for ours and we actually put every episode on the website through YouTube actually so I upload everything on YouTube how do you, how
1: did you get permission to upload something over 15 minutes long
2: on YouTube? Yeah. It's just a video. I make it and I download. So I what the clip, do you use the clip art. I make a clip art and then I use uh you on a MacBook though. Yeah. So I use the, That's the thing. iMovie to make it. You can use uh, Windows, Media, Windows Media No, Windows Movie Maker. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming it still exists. I hadn't used Windows in like seven years. Yeah, I
1: don't know. It sounds like I need to get back over to Mac. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly but my, name's, do. my name's Alan and I'm a PC, I think.
2: Yeah. Piece of crap. Is that what PC stands for? Because <laughs> that's what Macs are. That's what PCs are. Like a Ford, fix it or repair it daily. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But you drive a Toyota. So, I mean, they're almost like the masterpieces of trucks, to be honest. I yeah. You,
1: can't nobody diss me now. I used to drive a Ford Ranger, and I did catch a lot
2: of... Yeah, I hated my Ford Ranger. I delivered mail in it, motor blew up. Then I bought a Chevrolet, and everything's been good since. So.
1: There you go. Glad that worked out for you. Good my day. family is... Uh, I think that's crazy. Like, we'll just... You want to talk about kind of a cultural thing for a second? Just like vehicles between um, Ford, Chevy, Dodge, and it's like this with uh, your sport team? Yep. And it's also this way with uh, many other things in our life. It could be uh, your faith, whatever your parents are into, yep. especially if you're, you're a dude and your dad drives a Chevy, chances are you're going to find yourself
2: in a Chevy. Well, your dad's teaching you how to buy your first vehicle, so he's a big influencer for you. Uh, but, you, you know, you, it's interesting you say that. And I think that, so the issue is that, you know, you talking about how that's cultural for an individual's family. And I think one of the things that hurts Christianity is cultural Christianity. Oh, it's it's um, the
1: worst thing for yeah
2: for it. Uh, and some people, it's like there's nothing wrong with raising your children of the way of the Lord. There's nothing wrong with teaching them biblical truths, raising them in church. We're called to do that as parents. We're supposed to do that. But the issue is that when um, kids get older and then they don't decide to follow their faith for their own beliefs rather than... yeah. Because it was just their parents' faith. Yeah, exactly. And so the issue is that so many people blindly follow something without searching it out themselves. And I think that's perfectly fine until a kid can understand and believe what they choose to believe. But I think too many parents shut it down too early. So they're like, you know, the kid may ask about atheism or agnosticism or ask about these different religions and these different thoughts and different things. Yeah. And they're like, no, you don't believe that. We're Christians. Well, you know, teach your kid what these different things believe, and instead of just shutting it down from the beginning, you know, oh, show no. them the difference Mm-mm. in why you don't believe this. Why this isn't. Why this is contrary to what you believe, and actually develop them and teach them these things.
1: And by that point, you're you're doing more than it's not religion anymore. To me, you're you're building a worldview for them. You're giving them a lens to view the world. Yeah, because like with this. If you want to say atheism, agnostic, Christianity, or some of the other religions that we have just here in America or just here in Alabama, worldview is going to answer the big five for you. Yeah. But, like, coming up, if you were raised in church, a lot of times you're just kind of in Sunday school and none of that stuff is
2: getting really answered. Exactly. And so the issue is that too many people, and that's why in the Bible what we see is that many people would claim to be believers or Christians but sure. they have no influence of Christ or the church in their life. Mm-hmm. It's because they grew up in that way and they never truly believed it for themselves mm-hmm. or never explored it for themselves. That's why when a lot of people get to college in their first year of philosophy class they're they blown away. They're blown away and then they don't believe it anymore because yep. they don't know anything which gets us into a whole other thing but what is your thoughts about the big push right now of the Bible being taught in schools? Have you even thought about it much?
1: Bringing the Bible back into a public school, like elementary and high school?
2: Yeah, by, like, people teaching it, like, as an elective curriculum. Like, the student chooses to take this class.
1: Uh, It would depend on who's teaching it. I don't think I like it.
2: That's the kicker to it. So there's a big push for it right now. Where most schools around here, I I can't... I can't speak for schools up north and out west and east and all of that, but most schools in this area, there is Bible taught, but it's by organizations that are student-led, and they bring in people to teach. Yeah, like a youth minister. Yeah, stuff like that. But the big push right now is having it as part of the volunteer curriculum in an elective sense where a student can choose to take that class. Well, the issue I have with that is that I, as a parent, when my kid gets old enough, it's my job to, you teach, want to teach scripture. I can't teach them algebra. I want the school to teach them algebra. Sure. I don't want the school to teach them Bible because I don't want them to have theology that I would consider wrong. So who are you going to get to teach? You can get, you know, you got Methodists, you got Baptists, you got uh, Mormons are considered Christianity sure. world worldviews. Uh, you have all these different stances. Jehovah's Witness maybe That's, could have fallen there. In the worldview sense of it all, they're thrown into that which I would say Mormon nor Jehovah Witnesses Christians, but I would say that when you look at it in a worldview sense and you learn it, they put them in there together with Christianity. Yeah, they get lumped in the same line. So, who's teaching them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I don't get why that's a big push. I don't think people think through it. I I think
1: that was just like a knee-jerk. And by knee-jerk, I mean it's just a move for political gain, right? Uh, It'll just get a whole lot of people already in that corner or halfway in that corner. In that corner. But I do find value in teaching world religion uh, not one specific and so maybe come from different outlets but bring in somebody that can do it correctly and to correctly um, teach these religions and their worldviews and their beliefs and why they do what they do and so maybe we can come up out of high school with this unbiased opinion of these religions because think about all these stereotypes we have for each one and it's not really all it's cracked up to be but James what, what's your thoughts man
2: I think world religion should be taught in school in the sense of this is what it's about this is the core value of it this is what their core beliefs are and I think we should be okay with that being taught in schools it's just not being pushed on students like some things are yeah like we're seeing in some other areas of social categories that's going on in today's world absolutely um
1: I'll tell you this, just in college, uh, I was at Shelton State. And just for an elective, because I knew it would be a pushover, took a world religion class, right? Yeah. Taught by theologian or theology degree from Florida State. Garbage class. Garbage. Yeah, I believe it. All he did was, like, wreck every religion. Like, he mm-hmm. just, like, just, that was his job. Is like, when he got to Buddhism, let me just tell you, let's tear down buddha and i was like come on man if you're not if you don't believe it at least yeah, just give a out, good
2: representation lay them out what they believe and i think yeah be fair but and i think that's the reason why so many people that aren't believers that aren't christians won't have conversation with people that are christians is because so many people aren't willing to have conversations and so they're shut off to the whole idea of talking about christ because they've had such a bad experience with yeah, people. Yeah,
1: because it leaves such a bad taste in the yeah. mouth. Because, I mean, it, it comes off because I don't
2: think people mean to. Well, we live in a world now that people don't know how to disagree. And so it's just an argument. And we see it in the political sphere. We see it in social sphere. We see it in a religious sphere. We see it in all areas of life. Even this whole Apple and Mac, Mac, PC, Mac, Apple. Uh, we see it even in that debate. Auburn, Alabama, you see yeah. it in... NFL to uh, college football, you see, like, people aren't willing to to say, hey, we agree to disagree, but let's just talk about this as adults. Yeah. And I think that's a big issue in our world. We have a divisive nature in our society all the way around. The one thing I think we can agree on, though, is there are two, maybe three, best TV shows. Oh, here we go. One, and I'm not saying it's the best, but one of the best is How I Met Your Mother. Of all generation. Okay. Another one was Friends. Can't can't agree with you there at all. But the best one of them all. The Office. The Office. Yes. And there's so many great, great quotes from The Office. And the reason why I want to bring up The Office is because that show would not last in today's society.
1: No. You couldn't do that. The jokes. Oh, think
2: think about season one. Yep. With Oscar. Yep. Was that season one or season two? It may have been season two. But one or two, yeah. But that would not fly today. No, not at all. And then any of the jokes that Michael Scott did. No. Well, th- even, that's what she said? Yeah. I don't, I don't think you can do that anymore. Even yeah. Steve Carell tweeted out a few months ago saying that Office reboot would not work in today's society because the world would not be willing to listen to Michael Scott's humor. <laughs> and it is true. It is. I mean, but
1: what's crazy is I can get on Netflix and I can still watch it today, and I can. But I'm, I haven't bought into that culture.
2: Yeah, and it's never going to leave Netflix because it's got such a fall following. <laughs> I hope it does. The day it does is like it's well, the going day be a it does day. is the day that I'm Hulu. buying stock. It's the day that it, <laughs> In the, DVD sales? <laughs> no, the day it comes out of, off Netflix, is the day I'm buying stocks in Hulu, because Hulu will do the same thing they did with How I Met Your Mother. And they will pick it up immediately. <laughs> and when they do, so many people go to Hulu. Oh, yeah. Um, there's so many good gems, just gems of quotes and great things in The Office. If you've not listened, if you've not watched The Office... Give it a try. Don't just stop. <sighs> watch the entire first season. Now, yeah. It's a pretty cringy season. It's it, like almost any other show the, that's the 15 years old. The first two episodes is
1: really cringy.
2: Yeah. And there's some very cringy ones later on in the season but they're, like, off, like, and they're meant to be. Yeah. Now, the first season, it's like, I think they were still trying to find the identity because I watched the uh, the British version of The Office. Okay. And it was good. I enjoyed it. But its humor was even now worse that, than The Office. I was like, Office. that humor's a lot drier. It's drier, but it's even more... Um, off-putting? Off-putting than The Office in America. Uh, but I enjoyed it, but it was different. And I think the first season of The Office in American version... it was trying to, It was trying to it didn't find it's own identity yet and then when it found it I think it took off well I actually watched a video not too long ago with the people that auditioned for the office and some of the people that auditioned for the different parts and like I'm so glad they chose the people they chose like Kevin there was a different guy that was trying to be Kevin oh, and it would have been terrible and yeah. Kevin's one of those characters where you almost like you bat your eye against you, you don't even think about but he's such such a pivotal character in, in almost every episode you know, like, one of my favorite characters? Creed. Dude, Creed is awesome. <laughs> the, the best moment in Creed's whole thing was you were paying way too much for worms. Who's your worm yeah. guy? What? Uh, or the episode? No, when he shows up for the Halloween yes. party. He got he's like, all oh, all I didn't every... know we
1: dressed up for Halloween either. He's like, I didn't either. He said, he said thank God, or something like, like that. It's Halloween? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I still think. when when they showed up and they were playing the game. And he walks in, he's like, There's been a murder, and you're a suspect. And he said, I got to run out to my car real quick. And it shows the parking lot. It's him getting in his car yeah. and just getting out of <laughs>
2: Dude, Dude, uh, yeah, The Office is one of the best TV shows. I want to plug this. I don't know how many listeners you got, but I have a good friend of mine that uh, he's a. Now he works for him in some capacity, but he's been this intern for this. Um, Radio station out of Birmingham Bessemer area. Okay, uh, and it's a really it's a Christian. I, I won't say it's a Christian radio station. I've um, seen
1: some of their stuff on uh, your social media yeah. that you shared. So they it's kinda it kind of
2: has an office feel that, to it. That's their point. It's like five minute clips in this office kind of feel of a radio station, and they're gems, man. They're like they're they're pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they've only put out like four. Yeah, or five I
1: saw. I watched the one. It really reminded me of the office. Like when well, they were coming up with this. Uh, marketing idea. Mm-hmm. They were trying to scheme what they were going to do. Yeah. And he exactly. had just an awful idea.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look it up. It's Revocation Radio. I got to interview that guy on my podcast soon, the the main guy that okay. is the announcer. But anyway, fantastic little clips. And they've got that same kind of humor, but they're like local to uh, Birmingham area, so yeah. they're pretty interesting.
1: kind of feels at home.
2: Oh, uh, But the, they wrote them themselves, like all the all the screenplays quote unquote they wrote themselves among the radio station and it's pretty good stuff like you can tell they made it themselves and things like that but they're good a whole new world a
0: dazzling place I never knew that'll
1: do it I mean so what do you think about live action with these remakes
2: of the Disney films I have no issue with them because they're live action and they may be the same plots, they may be the same stories, and I'm perfectly fine with that because they're live action. They're a different style to it all. Now, and I'm looking, most people disagree with me, but I'm looking forward to Will Smith as the genie. Now, is he going to do better than uh, Robin Williams? Robin Williams? No, by no means is he going to do it better. But Robin Williams, any he role he played, nobody's going to outdo him. On it. No. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Like Mrs. Doubtfire? Nobody's stepping into that role and doing what he no. did in that movie. I mean. Oh,
1: man. Just think about. Uh, remember Patch? Mm hmm. Jack Adams? Yes. Uh, dude, Peter Pan. Uh, just no, some no, of the no. roles he's been in. Like, let someone else. It's like the same with Jim
2: Carrey. Yeah, same thing with Jim Carrey. I mean. Um, now, I almost feel the same way about Heath Ledger as the Joker. That Even has, though that, I am looking forward to that, the Joker movie. Coming.
1: That has been. Phew, dude. Because, like, Cobb, he's a regular on the show. Yeah. That's his Joker. My Joker, too. But, like, you talk to a DC comic guy, it's like, that ain't even a Joker.
2: No, it's a totally different Joker than many of the universe. But that's the weird thing about comic books is, like, there's so many styles. Because, let's just be real. Comic books have been around for, like, 100 years. Pretty much,
1: I think what they, DC started in like 1920s or yeah, 30s, something like or, that. and then yeah. Marvel fought in like the
2: 50s or something. Exactly. And then they owned each other at one time and they split again. It's just crazy history there. Um, and so they have to revamp them all the time. Yeah. yeah and they get the reloaded time. and rebooted. Yeah. and Yeah, you're right. You and that's to... why I don't worry about that one as much because there is differences to it. Like, I remember not too long ago, a bunch of people were freaking out about some guy playing a black Spider Man. And talk about how why would you mess up this? But when you know anything about,
1: Come on, it, there was one. There was there was, one. There was also a was like Latino that, one. Yeah,
2: there was a bunch of them, like that cartoon movie they did into the Spider Verse. Yeah, where a bunch of different people were Spider Man. That was the point of it. There's so many different ones. Yeah, and so I'm fine with movies like that that we do different things because you can. There's different storylines, but taking a movie that was just this great movie in its time period and trying to make it modern is not necessarily the right thing to do. No. In my opinion, I mean. Yeah. There's, I don't know if I could think of one good example of when that was done right. I'm trying to think through it. I'm trying to think if there is one. My mind goes even, to... Even It. It. You know, the new It was fairly okay. But that was nothing like the book nor the original It. So, like, I had issues with It.
1: I enjoyed that It more than I did the original film.
2: Yeah, but when you read the book... But
1: not the book. The yeah, book I mean,
2: because the book... The book lined up with the original film, but it didn't line up. They
1: actually captured, like, it better in the new film than me because it's a shapeshipping demon. Like, a lot of people get obsessed with, it's a clown. No, it's a
2: demon. Well, he was a clown (laughs) in appearance, but he met the fears of the individual. Yeah. And so he did a good job in that aspect. Yeah. But he was a kind of, like, I don't know why they chose that it to look like that in this movie. But he looked just like one of the characters off of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I see that now. <laughs> Dude, another actor, Johnny Depp. Nobody would be able to replace Johnny Depp. No. That's like trying to have another Jack Sparrow. Now, they shouldn't have made the most recent Jack Sparrow movie. They
1: should have stopped at three.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, which one was the one with the cracking? Was that the third one or the fourth one?
1: I think it was the third.
2: Okay, then yes, they should have stopped at that one. And then now there is some people that can be replaced. Like Tobey Maguire on the Spider-Mans. New Spider Man, so much better.
1: You like the Amazing Spider Man better, or the the, the, new the, was, the one in the Marvel? Yes. The younger guy. Yes. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Now, Toby I McGuire, like his I like his humor and the way they played that one.
2: No, because he was like Spider Man was this high school student, you know things. Toby Maguire was this thirty year old man playing an eighteen year old boy. That's the issue I have with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, uh, I forget what this fellow's name is, but uh, growing up there was that TV show Smallville. Yeah. All right, so that guy played a. 17, 16, 17, 18-year-old guy. Late 20s. He, no, he was in his 30s. And every role he played for like a decade, he was playing somebody young. Like he was in some TV show, some movie about these two families that married. And he was like the high school son yeah. that was the oldest one. Well, he was like 35 at the time. <laughs> it was like, you know, some people can pull that off, some people can't. Yeah. Or like Home Alone. You know, Home Alone is a movie you can make again. Yeah, but, but I, I do tried. like the
1: little spoof that they've done with... Um... Oh, McCullough Culkin?
2: Yeah, yeah. The spooks are okay. Now, I will say, I hadn't seen it, because I think it's on YouTube, but they made a remake of The Karate Kids, but it's a spin of the the guy that he kicked out in the the movies, he kicked in the face. It's that guy's take, and he owns a gym. <laughs> and so that's pretty cool. Like, it's a spin-off on it, because it makes me think of How I Met Your Mother, because on How I Met Your Mother, Barney, thought that that guy was the hero through the whole movie yeah. rather than the the main character yeah but music's different though people can remake music and it still sounds just as good let's go there for a minute
1: let's go there so um, I'll tell you this I had him on the show a couple months ago Sam Lewis Americana songwriter yeah he done a willow Nelson cover really yes and uh, the Signs of the Preacher yeah And I didn't know it was a Willie song. I thought that was his. And then I went back and listened to Willie, and I prefer Sam over Willie.
2: It's interesting how that happens. Even famous people. So you got Johnny Cash and Hurt by Nine Inch Nails.
1: I prefer Johnny Cash's Hurt. Because I'm not a a Nine Inch Nails fan, but I can go back and appreciate Nine Inch Nails. And I
2: like Nine Inch Nails' version because it's a metal, heavy, and I like that sound. But even uh, even the lead singer to Nine Inch Nails said that that was Johnny Cash's song yeah. after he sang it because it's like it fits him better than it does us. Yeah. And so like, you know, music's slightly different and it may have a different twist to it. Like we were talking about uh, a guy that does a cover to um, Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And he also does a song by, he does the song uh, Creep. By heard. Yeah, and he does a good job on that song. And Mm -hmm. then there's another song, Hospital Beds, or something like that, he does, and just some different things he just just covers to, and they're pretty good. So, you know, talking about music, um, what's your take on a lot of Christian music? Garbage. Mm -hmm. All right, let's elaborate on that a little bit. (laughs) Because I wouldn't say all Christian music.
1: garbage This will actually be on the episode before this, but um, there are just a handful of artists to me Shane and Shane. Yeah. uh, David Crowder. Um,
2: David Crowder is an interesting individual. Yes, um, he is who he is. Yeah, um, and it was interesting to see him transition from David Crowder Band to, to Crowder? David Crowder. To when Crowder. they
1: dropped that neon steeple, I about lost my mind. Yeah, when he's I, like, "This I, is I, this is something called folktronica,"
2: and I was like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> see, I didn't care for it. I love it. But it was interesting. And it was Crowder. That's yeah. what I did like about it. It was him. Yeah, and I think that's some of the issue we see not only in Christian music, but you see the same thing in any kind of secular music of a certain genre. Is they try to fit. That's this another bowl. thing
1: about music I don't like. I don't like divisions between, and I get why people do it, but I don't like the Christian genre yeah. and secular genre. Yeah, I just. Let it be what it is. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, you know, and I and I understand. It was like, was well, a Christian song? It's Christian music. I, was, I think it would. But, be but a, I was like, some Christian songs they translate.
2: Yeah. Well, you think about anything by like Skillet or yeah, a uh, thousand foot crutch or, I mean, bands like I really Switch don't for care to listen to. Switch. For, well, Switchfoot was kind of in that middle, in between because they, they played. The they played on secular and they played on. Yeah. Uh, you know and then like what's her name that's getting a lot of pushback right now Lauren Daigle
1: yeah she is catching a lot of she's
2: getting a lot of flack and I understand to some extent there is you know she support, you know, she was interviewed about a certain topic and she kind of backpedaled a little bit and like I've always told people it's like I don't listen to, I don't expect from most mainstream Christian bands for my theology so mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I wasn't surprised by any backpedaling by any of these folks now there's some different ones like um like, I'm into a lot of, I, I like any kind of music. Yeah. One of those is rap. So you got, like, different artists. And one of them being, like, Tripoli. Right, so Tripoli's a pastor. So if he backpedaled on some things, I would feel different because he's. <laughs> he's actually a pastor. He's a pastor. He's teaching theology. He's doing this. So he should be able to answer these questions. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like anything else that we've put people on this pedestal and we expect so much out of them uh-huh. that they really can't fit that. Yeah, but, Which I didn't listen to nothing by Lauren Dagle before anyway, so I don't, I can't name one song she sings. I
1: can't either, come to think of it. I just remember it was all over social media that she was just catching all kind of flack. Yeah. I hate that. I don't know what you did. but
2: Yeah, because like, I listen like the Christian music you see on my Spotify playlist. Listen, anybody that uses iTunes playlist, Spotify is better. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I listen to Spotify playlists, uh, and I set up different things. I, mean, I, got, I got a variety from... The Beatles. To the Beatles, to Tupac, to <laughs> uh, Lecrae, to Shane and Shane, to Elvis, to Johnny Cash. I mean, I got a little bit of everything. But most of the Christian bands I have on there, other than Shane and Shane and uh, a few others, they're, they're not heard of. like uh, they're, they're this. There used to be this record label called Mars Hill record label. Uh-huh. And so they had like Ghost Ships and they had... Um, some of these other ones in like King's Kaleidoscopes. They're kind of a little more I famous know now. They're a little more famous now, but they started in that kind of indie, yeah. folk, rock, Christian category. Um, and a lot of them, that's what I listen to mainly. And people, you won't ever hear them on the radio. But they're good stuff. They're solid things. And they're actually thinking through the lyrics they write. And...
1: That's my thing. And like, that's, that's. I guess you asked me to elaborate earlier on like why I call it garbage, is um, if you're going to sing. <laughs> yeah, about these things. Mm-hmm. Be right.
2: What? Well, but not only that, but I mean, I know some good folks, and I I trust them. I believe them that they've dealt in this sphere of things. They've done Christian concerts. They've had them up. I mean, from Christian worship to Christian metal, and they they will contest. And I mean, obviously they haven't dealt with all of these Christian bands, but they act. Some of these secular bands, quote unquote, act way better. And act and treat people way better than a lot of these Christian bands. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. You know, and you know that kind of brings you to even like most Christian movies. I hate. I don't like many of them. Um, Most of them are overly cheesy. um, I think most of them are. uh, But I don't like cheesy movies, so uh, most of them are overly cheesy. There's been some that I've enjoyed, and some that I've just absolutely hated. Like. And I understand the premise, and there's a good thought process behind a lot of them, like the God's Not Dead movies. But that was overly simplistic of how you reach an atheist. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and you know, so a lot of those movies I don't care for. It's my thing is, if you're going to go into that sphere and you're going to try to reach out and you're going to try to go into the movie world, put some money into it. Make it a good production. Yeah. And if you're not, don't put it out in the movie theater. You know, put it out on Netflix or Hulu or something like that. You know, yeah. go directly to that. You know, but
1: I don't know. And that's another thing about like labeling and putting things in genres. Once again, just let it be a movie. Yeah. You don't have to be like, "Hey, this is a Christian movie." Yeah. And you could you could write a stinking good drama. Yeah. And just let the main character just be dealing with it. Exactly. And like just. Just let it see how he deals. Yeah, and and I will let him say, let him find faith through it, and just don't be overly corny about it.
2: Now, I will say there are some Christian movies. Uh, There's one I haven't seen. It's the the one about Mercy Me. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't have an opinion on it. But it's okay. I would naturally not be as opposed to it because, in some sense, it's a docudrama. Yeah, and so it's based on real real life events, and so yeah. I can get behind something like that. But some of these other movies, like you know, God's Not Dead, or um, I mean, this crap. There's a Christian movie, Christian flicks, or something like that. It's like Netflix for Christian movies or something. You can get on there and listen to some of them and watch some of them, and they're like over, overly dramatizing. They're made up stories. Yeah. Rather, if it's a true story and that's how it unfolded, cool. Let's look at the history of this. Yeah. Uh, like I've seen some documentaries. Like there's one on Netflix called on on Martin Luther. And it lays out how Martin Luther was. Fantastic film. I mean, but it's more like a documentary than it is anything. (laughs) Anyway, I say a lot to say, you know, enjoy music, enjoy movies. I mean, obviously some movies are gonna have things that certain believers or certain people can't get behind. Yeah. Um, That's okay, don't watch those movies. They cause you to sin, they cause you to stumble. Stay away from them. I understand that completely. Absolutely. Um, Same thing with music, you know. Um, but in all reality, I think that all forms of art is some way pointing to the ultimate Creator, and that is God. The ultimate artist. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I mean, created everything from nothing. Uh, is what we would believe, and so He takes nothing and creates everything, and it's beautiful. I mean, look at a sunset, look at a sunrise, look at an ocean, or whatever, you, or whatever thing you I want mean, to look, just look at.
1: Look at the season that we're coming into with spring. Man, all things are starting to be new. Exactly. Green, starting over.
2: Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, and I think we get a lot of this from that. Like, um, you know, a lot of people like him and a lot of people don't, but like Mumford & Sons, you know, I enjoy their music. I, I really enjoy, they get some different sounds every now and then. Sometimes they seem consistent, sometimes they're different. Um, but, you know, the lead singer was a, a PK, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, you listen to a lot of his music. There is some, you can tell some, there's some influence there mm-hmm. that is beyond himself, uh, but in all reality he's not coming out and claiming that all the way around either so he's not necessarily thinking about God or anything like that but there's something there's some more to it than when you listen to it and I think that's what makes music that's what makes music good is when you listen to the song or you you hear it more than just the beat or more than just the music mm-hmm. and there's something deep in the, the lyrics of it all that's what I enjoy about most music. Now, obviously, there's some music you listen to, and you just enjoy the tune or the guitar or Absolutely. the drum solo. I mean, like we will like uh, "Rock You" by Queen. Yeah, what's the what's the one part of that song people know? And when you look at why they created that song, that's exactly why they created that song. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't about any of the rest of it. Uh, funny story, and I don't care if you get this out or not, but so a few weeks ago I was preaching John chapter nine, and John <laughs> chapter nine is when Jesus uh, encounters the blind man and he bends over, he spits in the mud, yeah. and he makes mud, and he puts it on the, the guy's eyes and tells him to go to the, the pool of shalom and to wash it off, and uh-huh. he would be healed, and all of that. And I was like, I was sitting there preaching it. and The whole time I was preaching, I was like, do not, do not, do not So you got mud on your face. <laughs> the whole time. You got
0: mud on your face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But every time, like even when I was preparing the sermon, and then as I was preaching it, like that song was running through my mind because that one lyric, I was like, "Do not do that." That is not what you want to reference. Man, in I moment. have
0: had
1: some funny, just public speaking or teaching. Oh yeah. <laughs> over the years, see, I won't shy away from it. I'll do it.
2: Well, you yeah. got to know your context and your setting. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I mean, obviously, if I was buying the pulpit, that would yeah. not be a good thing, but. Uh, some of these public speaking things, I can get away with it. It's a good icebreaker.
2: If, oh, yeah. If the ice I'm hasn't speaking already Speaking of youth broke. and things like that, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was, you know, I was sitting there, I was like, do not say that. Because uh, obviously the point was he's not a big disgrace, you know, so don't yeah. reference this because you're just going to throw everybody off you're on like, what, what you're trying this? to present. Um, it? But anyway. We're going to rock him? <laughs> oh, man.
1: Well, man, you about ready to get off the porch, patio? Front patio porch?
2: Yeah, I'd say so.
1: James, thank you so much, brother. Man, I enjoyed it. Well, it going been another episode of Porch Talk, guys. Um, we'll catch you next time. Peace out. At Parker, our purpose is simple.
0: We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies,